Today is the 8th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's great to be here with you. And now we've gone a a full seven days into the new year, right? So this is day eight. So we're really in this new year. And I have, have navigated a week of this new decade. And hopefully we're, uh, we're getting moved into the new year. Hopefully we're, uh, you know, getting comfortable with our surroundings and the new rhythms of our lives as we take steps forward every day and allow God's word to speak into those steps uh, through his word. So let's get to it. We're reading from the New International Version this week. Today, Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 through 19, verse 38. When the men got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. And the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are fifty righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, What if only forty are found there? He said, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only thirty can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only twenty can be found there? He said, 
for the sake of twenty. I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there? He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-law? Sons or daughters? Or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But the sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. 
This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well. I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord, out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old. There is no man around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night they got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab, he is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Matthew 6, 25-7, 14 Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it.
Psalm 8. For the director of music, according to Gittith, a Psalm of David. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Proverbs 2, 6-15 For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Okay, there's so much for us to talk about. We encountered so many things to, to be considered today, pretty much in every section of our reading. Let's just start with Genesis because this is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God and some of his divine family, some of these angelic beings, Beings that are embodied and can be seen by human beings, but are about the work of doing God's will upon this earth. They come to visit Abraham and they are on their way down to the plain where Lot, Abraham's nephew, is living down to these cities called Sodom and Gomorrah because they, well, because, because the wickedness of the region had reached God and he, uh, he said he was going to take a look. This story has so many disruptive, really unsettling things in it. 
that we could read it and then we could close the Bible and then we could set it down and go like, I don't know what is going on here. I don't know how to read this book. I don't know how to understand. I'm just going to set this over here. And that's what happens a lot because uh, we don't like any time we get disrupted. Right? Like if, if we're if if we're in the Psalms today and we're talking about the wonder of it all and that God would even pay any attention to us whatsoever, like we like that quite a bit. It's comforting. It's reassuring. It gives us stability. But then if we're disrupted or we're shaken or we're <laughs> knocked off kilter or we've lost our balance in some way, we don't like that. But this is a good time to tell you something. You need to get really used to being disrupted at times. Because there are times that that is the point that the Bible is trying to make. It, it's what the Bible is trying to do, is to shake you awake so that you go, wait, what? What's the deeper meaning? Like, what's in this story? So, like, we got to an incestuous relationship between father and daughters today. That's disruptive across the board, all the way across the generations until today. So we can go like, ooh, I don't like that. This is, I, I, I don't know why this is in the Bible and I'm going to set it aside. Or we can go like, what is going on here? Why is this shaking me up inside? What, what, it, let me dig deeper here. What is below the surface? And so what we see in this story is that Abraham and God are together and God makes a decision. I have entered into a covenant with this man. I'm not going to keep any secrets from him. I'm going to tell him what I'm going to do even though this may affect his nephew. And so the Lord says, I'm going to go check this out. And we have this really interesting story, a human being negotiating with the most high God over the righteous people that might be down in the valley. Certainly. And I mean, Abraham is talking audaciously. You wouldn't do that. Certainly you wouldn't do that. If there were 50 people down there who are righteous, are you going to wipe the whole plane out, at including the 50 righteous people? I know you are just. You would not do that. And the Lord confirms what Abraham already knows. No, of course, I'm, I, I wouldn't do that. If there are 50 down there that are righteous, they will save them all. And so Abraham's like, well, what about 45, right? What about 40? What about 35? He keeps working his way down and God keeps saying, look, the point is, if there are righteous people down there, that's what I'm going to find out. If the place has nothing but wickedness in it, then I'm here to destroy the evil and the wickedness in this world that is destroying my people. And if there are people that get wrapped up into that, that will not, that have determined to reject God and remain evil, then they have made their own choice about what will happen. And believe me, we see this story in Genesis, but we'll see this story throughout the rest of the Bible, all the way into the final pages of the book of Revelation. So God does, goes down to have a look, and it's an evil situation. And so God gets Lot out of there before the destruction happens. Lot goes to this little village called Zoar, then he's a little bit freaked out to live there, so he ends up in the mountains where the angelic beings had told him to go in the first place. 
is living in a cave with his daughters. He had his wife. She looked back. God told him to flee and don't look back. And she did. And we could pause there and just go look at the metaphors for her own lives in that alone. Nevertheless, here's two daughters who had been betrothed, who were engaged to be married. These men, these beings who had come to the city, their father took them in and was trying to protect them and was going to throw these daughters out to the mob. So they have sort of a sense of where they fit into the whole picture. Their mom is dead. Their father is in a cave freaking out. These girls, now we remember the story. God called Abram to a land that he did not know that he was going to be given, but he needed to follow God, and Lot came with him. So Lot and his daughters are foreigners in a foreign land, and they have lost everything that would defend and protect them. They are hiding in a cave. The daughters know that their father is not going to live forever, and if there is no child then they have no one to speak for them. This is the culture of the time. So if something happens to him, and something is likely to happen to him at some point, because it's just two young women and and, and their father. And so uh, they would, if they're wandering around, at some point it's going to be really easy to, to kill Lot to steal the two daughters, and probably prostitution is in their future. So this, like, this is not... A good situation. They've lost everything. They have no way to protect themselves. And so they devise this plan in the cave. Let's get dad drunk. We'll, we'll go have sex with him and see if we can have a child. And if we can have a male child, either one of us, if we're successful, then we have our family line. Like we're protected. And so that's what they do. And both the, both the daughters end up having sons who then, whose offspring then becomes the Moabites and the Ammonites. So you, you got to wonder, like, when, when Lot and his daughters are in the cave and they're trying to figure out what to do, why they don't even have a conversation about going back to Abraham. Like, they've lost everything. It's just the three of them. Well, like, why don't they just go back to the household of Abraham? We, we don't know. Maybe that wasn't it. We don't know. But we read a story like this, and it's very easy for us to go, why isn't this in the Bible, number one? And then why do I feel so strange about God now that I'm reading a story like this in the Bible? Go with that. Like instead of being freaked out about it, enter into the disruption. What's going on here? And, and, and what does God have to do with this story? Like we read the whole story and what God was going to do was to go check out the evil and eradicate it unless there were righteous people to preserve it. And he went down and, and got Lot and his family out of the situation. He redeemed them. He rescued them out of the situation. And it was a pretty difficult situation, to say the least, but everything that they did next, all of their fear and all of the choices that they made, they made themselves. God didn't make them make those choices, and God didn't instruct them to follow that path. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a disruptive story because it contains incest and all this kind of stuff in it, but... Hold on a second. I have been in very, very strange situations where I felt like I was in a cave 
about to make decisions that were not good decisions and that were not going to lead me on a good path. But it was like the only thing I could, like the only choice I could think of that I could make. And so I made it. And yeah, it was not a good choice. We can find ourselves in these stories. And then we have to look back and go, where was God in this? God came for them. He sent angels and rescued them and sent them on their way and, and, and said, you got to go fast because we can't even do what we've been sent to do until you're safe. So why did they lose that thread? Why did they find themselves in a cave making these decisions? We don't know. Why do we do that? And we could just stop there. That's There's plenty to think about right there. But the Bible uh, continued to speak to us when we moved into the Gospels in the book of Matthew and Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is talking about worrying. And it's a pretty famous passage. He's pretty explicitly telling us not to worry. Uh, that God already knows what we need. And all we have to do is look around to see that he cares for, for his creation. And so that's a, that's a great lesson. It's a famous lesson. We take it to heart. We comfort ourselves with it when we're, um, when we're kind of enduring stressful situations. But let's look deeper into what Jesus is saying here. Because what Jesus is ultimately inviting us to do is to be present in our lives right now instead of skipping our lives in order to try to arrange for whatever might happen in our future, thereby never being actually here now, only being a shell that exists in this moment because we're out there in the future living somewhere else that's not happening. So let's just look at this again. Uh, uh, and this is Jesus. So we're just, we're just quoting Jesus in what we're saying, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food? Isn't the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. They don't store away in barns. In other words, they don't have a retirement plan. They're not stressed out about that promotion. They're not burning the candle at both ends, trying to figure out how to get the ends to meet because of the over-obligations of life. Jesus is saying, look at them. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Can you add a single hour to your future by worrying about it? Um, why would you worry about clothes? Look at the flowers. Even Solomon didn't have clothes like that. And if God's going to care about the grass that's here today and gone tomorrow and clothe it with such splendor, you don't think he can handle you? Oh, you of little faith. There's actually something important that Jesus is doing here. Certainly. Uh, certainly giving a different view of the world. Like, I mean, we would look at what Jesus is saying and 
we would agree because he's our savior. But if we didn't, if, if they were just words by somebody, we might look at him and go, that would be nice. But that's not the world I live in. Like, that's not how things work. That would be nice if I could do that. But that's, that's not how it works. When Jesus is like, no, this is how it's supposed to work. This is how your life is supposed to be lived. You're supposed to actually live it right here, right now. And allow God to take care of the moments that are yet to come. And allow him to bring them to you moment by moment after the same fashion that the birds don't freak out about anything. And there's a reason that he's trying to slow the world down. And we would say, you know, that the world is moving much faster than it did in Christ's time because of our technology. But what we begin to realize is that the heart of man hasn't changed. It's just the tools that he uses and the clothes that he wears in pursuit of the same, of filling the same void. So one of the first things that we can get uh, underneath the surface of what Jesus is teaching is now. What's happening right now matters because it's the only thing that's actually happening right now. And if you're going to be in your past or in your future, then you're not here. And if you're not here, you're going to miss something really, really pivotal. The kingdom of God, which is what Jesus is leading us toward. So he's like, don't worry, saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? That's what the pagans do. They run around. Everybody's looking for those things. Your father who created you already knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow, right? The future for Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So isn't Jesus saying, stay here, be present. And he's starting to talk about the kingdom and he's never going to stop. Like we're going to follow his kingdom language all the way through the gospels because he's trying to expose the kingdom and he's trying to expose it as not something that's in the future, not something that will be coming, but something that already is happening now. Now, if, if like if you never, if you never heard this before, like if you've never considered this before, I'm not like this isn't my philosophy. This is this is what Jesus says. As we continue through the Gospels, we'll see it, see it all the time. Jesus will say, how do I describe the kingdom? It's like this. It's like that. And he will invariably come around to saying, explicitly, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is among you. The kingdom is now. It has not reached its fullness. It is not complete. But it has begun. It is happening. It is not something that is yet to begin in the future. It's now. So don't skip it. 
Don't skip your life trying to prepare for what might happen to you in the future. If you do that, then you won't have eyes to see and ears to hear. Okay, so that, that's kind of what's going on in Matthew. And that can be disruptive too. We may need to pause. We may need to consider this because I, I know I grew up thinking that the kingdom was coming. I grew up, I didn't know how to quantify even what that meant other than that Jesus would come back um, on a, a horse in the sky. And all these things are going to happen, but it's so esoteric that like, how do you, how do you live toward something that like the, how do you how do you do that only to find out like that's what the people of Jesus time were thinking too they're waiting for this savior this messiah this figurehead to come and rally the troops basically to stir up the hearts of people and restore them to God and lead a charge that would restore a kingdom and here we have Jesus going yep there is a kingdom, but you are not seeing it. And the way you are going about this will not get you where you want to go. You're living backward. And just watch. Watch as we continue. Watch as we find Jesus in confrontation with the religious leaders over and over and over. And how they are blinded and how they cannot see and how they will eventually plot to destroy Jesus. And, uh, and, and that, that can be deeply convicting because we know the stories about Jesus. And so we look at the, you know, we look at the religious leaders and the Roman soldiers. They're the bad guys and they hurt Jesus. And why would anybody hurt this beautiful savior? But as we go through the stories and we begin to just look underneath the surface at what Jesus is saying and how it is impacting the people's understanding of the world that they live in and how they reject it. Uh, to put it in the vernacular of Jesus, the, the light came into the darkness and the darkness rejected it. Okay, so what can we, what can we take away from today? From Genesis, we can take away that there's a lot more going on than we understand. And we can't blame the choices that we make on somebody else, including God. In the book of Matthew, we hear the rumblings of a kingdom that Jesus is talking about. One that should stir some kind of awakening inside of us because Jesus, the Savior, is saying that this is the first priority to seek it first. And so we, we need to know and understand what we're seeking and we will as we continue through the stories of Jesus. But we need to understand that this is first. Everything else follows that. All these things will be added unto you, is the way that Jesus put it. All the things that you're striving and looking for and trying to arrange for and to protect yourself from all this stuff that you're doing and calling it life, that's not life. You can actually live by seeking the kingdom and becoming aware, having eyes to see and ears to hear. And all the things that you're struggling to get will just be added to you. That is different than the lives most of us are living. And that should give us pause. And that doesn't mean we have to make all these changes and reorganize our entire lives today. We need to understand that something's already happening 
even though we are only eight days into the Bible, the Bible is already doing its work. It's already challenging. It's already moving and massaging. It's already beginning to shift things inside of us. And when we find ourselves disrupted, we just need to sit with it. This is a journey we are on. Whatever is going to happen in our lives is going to happen over the course of a year. We can relax and not worry and allow God to lead us on this journey. As Jesus is suggesting in the book of Matthew chapter 6 today. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. There's so much here that uh, this is for sure going to consume our thoughts for the rest of the day. Just what you've spoken to us in your word today. And so we invite your Holy Spirit uh, to to do what you've promised in the scriptures, to lead us into all truth. That's what we seek. That's what we're after. And so we open ourselves to receive from you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray into all that we've heard today from the scriptures. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. And there's always something or another going on around here. I've been thinking um, of the different things that we haven't spoken about yet. And we have touched on the fact that there is a Daily Audio Bible shop. uh, And it's at DailyAudioBible.com. Or if you're using the app, you can press the little drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner. And that'll take you there as well. I mention it because there are a number of resources as we're at the beginning of the year that are made for this journey. And uh, we'll talk about them over the coming weeks, but I would just mention today, like like the Daily Audio Bible Journal is something that, this is our 2.0 version, like we keep perfecting. It's just, an, it's finding the right paper and the right feel and the right size. And uh, the right writing instruments, I found the best pencils. I love kind of doing this old school in my own hand. I'm a bit of a journaler, and so I, I, I enjoy that. And th- the thing is, if we're going to go through the Bible, then we're going to talk about all kinds of things. But, but we're reading the Word of God, and so God is speaking to us through His Word. And if we're going to take the time to sit and listen to that, then he's going to say things that we need to know. And if God's going to speak to us, then we should probably write it down. And so we create these resources for this journey and journaling. Well, I mean, there's precedent for that in the scriptures, as we will soon see God continually inviting his people to create standing stones or a memorial or uh, something to create a monument in a place where something happened. The purpose of that is so that people won't forget what God did there so that when they pass by that way, they can see that monument and remember what God did there. And that's in a very real way what journaling does for us. We journal our way through the scriptures and then years from now, years from now when things may be foggy or or we just want to look back over our lives we turn to those journals and 
we realize that we have told ourselves the story of God's faithfulness, that we did find ourselves feeling as if we weren't going to make it, but we did make it. So those resources are available in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com as well. There's a link on the homepage. And thank you profoundly and with all humility for your partnership. We are a community and what we've done, we've done together since the beginning. And so I thank you for that. So there's a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, you can press the hotline button in the app, the little red button at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that is it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Good morning, fellow listeners. Um, My name is Uloma, and I'm sending you... um, Happy New Year in advance message from Peterborough in the United Kingdom. I've been listening to the Daily Audio Bible. I think this is my second year now. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you, people that send in their prayer requests, people that pray on behalf of other people. Or if you're like me, you've been a silent listener all this time. I just want to wish you a very happy New Year. And I pray that this New Year 2020, as we step into it, that God will walk with us, that we would walk in step with God, that we would just intensify our relationship with our Maker. Um, thank you, everyone, and have a blessed New Year. Bye. Brian and Jill, this is Debbie Moan in Issaquah, Washington. I just can't help on this day, New Year's Eve, uh, thanking you guys for another year in God's Word. Brian, you have been faithful to read every day. And as I've listened these past seven years, I've grown so much in knowledge of the truth. Uh, And really the truth of it is I've grown to know God more. I get Him so much more. I understand why He has done and said the things He's done. I understand it much more. And Brian, this is because of your faithfulness to deliver the Word to us each day. Who would think I could understand Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, the stories, Jeremiah and the Minor Prophets? I actually like them. Brian, because of your commentaries that are priceless, there's one commentary that almost made my brain explode with joy, and it's one of the many. But the number one to me was back in early February when you read about Moses standing near the mountain, and the Lord was speaking to the people, and you said something about history pivoting on this point. And it's true, life on earth changed from that point on. And the way you read Matthew 23, it was one of my highlights of my spiritual walk. So I too am sad, sad to see 2019 go because it's meant so much to me and to my husband, Jeff. We send out our love and thankfulness to you and your family, as well as to all the DAB listeners. And we give your cards to everybody we know because we want them to do it. Thank you so much, Brian. Bye-bye. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Dabbers. 
This is Lady of Victory in Illinois. It is Tuesday, December 31st. And as I listen to DABC as well as DAB, my heart is overwhelmed. I have not been listening for that long, but just to hear um, both China and Brian to give the benediction to say, see you later, see you until tomorrow, just kind of made everything hit home, I guess, to me. I lost my mom April 13th of this year. And just hearing that benediction, may the Lord bring you peace, may he shine his countenance upon you. It just kind of gave me closure. And in that closure, it just kind of made my heart sad. My mother was a believer, and I know she's in heaven. I know she is rejoicing, but just to hear that, um, to say goodbye to the DAB community, the DABC community, from another year of reading the Bible and another uh, leaving a decade, it's just so much leaving so much so many goodbyes and it just kind of was overwhelming but I'm grateful I'm grateful I'm not sad I'm not crying tears of sadness but I'm just grateful and and as we say goodbye I want you all to remember the Tony Evans family he is the urban alternative director as he lost his wife Lois so let's just remember them in prayer and thank you so much and I'll be here tomorrow this is Lisa from Nixa, Missouri. I just finished completing the daily audio Bible for the year. I started it for the first time January 1st of this year. I can't begin to tell you the difference that listening and reading the Bible for the year has impacted my life. Just can't begin to tell you. I have known Christ as my Savior most of my life, but for many years I didn't live my life pleasing to God. And earlier this year, I rededicated my life to God. And what God has done in my life this year is more than I can explain in two minutes. So my prayer is that everyone and anyone that is going to start this journey for the first time or whether it be the 15th time that you've started, I pray that God's blessings be poured on you and that you will receive the blessings. And I just pray that every word of God's inspired, anointed word will bring life and joy into your life. Happy New Year, everyone. 
Happy Good afternoon, Daily Audio Bible. This is Chris Ann, and this is December 31st, 2019. Um, this concludes um, my second full year with Daily Audio Bible. I just got finished listening to the uh, broadcast. And Brian, I just want to thank you for your words and thank you for uh, this journey that I've been on for the past two years. It has gotten me through some very difficult times in the past two years. And I thank you for um, what you do and for what your family does. And look forward to the upcoming year of listening to the Bible once again. I will be with you on that journey. And I just ask for continued prayer for um, my marriage and my family. And that God would restore my marriage. Um, It's been six long years of separation and I'm still praying for and believing that God will answer this prayer. Um, I wish everyone a happy new year and uh, just uh, continue praying for everyone. Thank you. Hi, this is Victoria Soldier. Just calling to say hi to the Dabbers and also to pray for my beautiful, precious sister Mary who lost her sweet partner this year. I'm so sorry to hear that, Mary, and my prayers go to you. I want to pray for you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You touch my precious sister, Mary. You touch her, Lord, and you gather her and you strengthen her, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That you bless her, Lord. Oh, Lord, and help her to remember the great time that she had with this partner that you gave her, Lord. Oh, Lord, I ask you to bless her. I ask you to strengthen in her, Lord. I ask you to keep her, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Keep her with a joy in her heart, knowing that she gave her a partner that is loved and that loved her. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence in our life. We ask you to show yourself mighty in our life, Lord. Continue to hold her and continue to keep her till your day of redemption. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for touching beloved, and I thank you for touching the the the, uh, the sisters, Lord. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for touching them. Lord, I thank you for having your way. Lord, you bring about a peace in that family. In the name of Jesus, you rebuke the enemy and his works in every hand. In the name of Jesus, Lord, and I thank you for my brother, kingdom-seeking Daniel. Oh, what a beautiful, melodious voice. Thank you for seeking the Lord, and the Lord is so glad that he found you and that you found him. Lord, continue to bless him. Continue to use his voice, Lord, and let it be a blessing to the world that someone can be saved through his voice and his ministry. In the name of Jesus, you touch your debtors, Lord. You touch those who are seeking. You touch those who are hurting. You touch those who need a touch from you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you have your way. You bless them, Lord, in this happy new year. Happy New Year, Daily Audio Bible. This is Bimbola from Lagos, Nigeria. I want to say thank you to Brian and Jill and the whole Daily Audio Bible family. Um, It has been a tough 2019 for me, but Daily Audio Bible has been one of the means the Lord has used to uphold and strengthen me through the year. I am truly grateful to the Lord. I'm looking forward to 2020, a year of joy, peace, love, and good health. 
And I pray the same for all of you in Jesus' name.